Hi guys, since we're closing out April and going into May, and it's also Greek Easter, right Candice? Yes, Christos Anesti, all my Greeks out yes. there. Yes! The name of this episode is The True Origins of Easter. Yes! Yes, I'm, exci- <laughs> I'm excited about this because you, you know, growing up as a kid and into adulthood, I mean, I've never really researched or even wanted to as a kid of why Easter was besides it being just growing up on it. You know what I mean? Like you you never really think about what different holidays are. And then when you get older, you start to question things and you're like, okay, so what? what's the significance with bunnies and what does that have to do with? the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. And, and then you see that it has a lot of things that go way back before the beginning of of even Christianity. Yeah, way before Christianity. Right? So mm-hmm. it just leaves you with a lot of questions and you kind of reevaluate things and look at at holidays completely different because a lot, if not most of them, once mm-hmm. you do the research and go down a timeline, are pagan holidays. Yes. You know, so it's it's crazy. You know, everything relates to each other in history. Um, we all borrow from each other. Even modern religions now, like, is all related in some way. Right. It's all connected. All religions are connected and related and similar. So, you know, moral of the story is everyone needs to stop hating each other. Exactly. (laughs) And realize, like... It's all the same. It's all the same. The The only difference, the only defining difference is that they're in different regions. People have different ways of doing things, different cultures. That's the only defining difference is that it's in a different origin with different cultures same language yep it's yeah it's all it's all coming from the same idea exactly so people need to wake up and stop hurting each other yes yeah um, so I guess I'll go into it since I went ancient on everybody, yeah, apparently. You went, you went way back. <laughs> so Easter is a festival and a holiday celebrated by millions of people around the world, across all different cultures and countries, mm-hmm. who honor the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, described in the New Testament as having occurred three days after his crucifixion at Calvary. It is also the day that children excitedly wait for the Easter bunny to arrive and deliver their treats of chocolate eggs. But that's not how it all started. Um, So the resurrection as a symbol of rebirth is actually traced back to ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. So according to scholars um, and the religious studies at Seattle University, mm-hmm. the Easter story comes from the Sumerian le- legend of Tammuz and his wife Ishtar 
an epic myth, the descent of Enan, mm-hmm. found inscribed on cuneiform clay tablets dating back to 2100 BC. Wow. That's to, ancient. Yeah. That, that, that is old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when Tammuz dies, Ishtar is grief-stricken and follows him to the underworld. In the underworld, she enters through seven gates, and her worldly attire is removed. Naked and bowed low, she is judged, killed, and then hung on display. In her absence, the earth loses its fertility, crops cease to grow, and animals stop reproducing. Unless something is done, all life on earth will end. So she's like Mother Earth, right? She represents fertility and nature and you know if she's gone we're fucked yeah yeah so after inan has been missing for three days her assistant goes to the other gods for help finally one of them enki creates two creatures who carry the plants of life and water of life down to the underworld Mm -hmm. sprinkling them on I'm I'm definitely saying this name wrong. I'm just saying this right now because like I'm saying it, but now I'm like maybe I'm saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. So sprinkling them on Inan and Damuzi, resurrecting them and giving them the power to return to Earth as the light of the sun for six months. After the six months are up, Tammuz returns to the underworld of the dead, remaining there for another six months. And Ishtar pursues them, prompting the water god to rescue them both. Thus, thus were the cycles of winter, death, and spring life. Wow, how similar does that sound? Yes, so you got resurrection, mm-hmm. you got the um, all the, the seasons in there too. Mm-hmm. Counting down the days. Yes, so... Um, the story of Jesus and Inan doesn't necessarily mean that there wasn't a real person, Jesus, mm-hmm. who was crucified, but rather that if there was, the story about it is structured and embellished in accordance with a pattern that was very ancient and widespread already. Mm-hmm. So this Dr. Nugent, um, th- that's what he said. So like he's saying... Yeah, Jesus, we're not saying that Jesus didn't exist and he wasn't crucified, but his story was definitely mirrored after this Enon story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So the Sumerian goddess Enon is also known outside of Mesopotamia by her Babylonian name, Ishtar. Mm-hmm. In ancient Canaan, Ishtar is also is known as Astarte, and her counterparts in the Greek and Roman pantheons are known as one of my favorites, Aphrodite mm-hmm. and Venus. In the fourth century, when Christians identified the exact site of Jerusalem where the empty tomb of Jesus has been located, they selected the spot where the temple of Aphrodite and then Ashtar, Ishtar, and Inan stood. Wow. Because <laughs> it's, they're all the same person. Yeah. 
The temple was torn down, and so Church of the Holy Cephalur. So they basically tore down the temple for this goddess, for a Christian <gasps> church. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. Um, so Dr. Nugent points out that the story of Inan and Damuzi is just one of a number of accounts of dying and rising gods that represent the cycle of the seasons and the stars. For example, resurrection of Egyptian Horus, which is another story I found that's also related to Egypt. Mm -hmm. The story of Mithars, mm -hmm. who was worshipped at springtime, and the tale of Dion Dionysus, resurrected by his grandmother. Among these stories are prevailing themes of fertility, conception, renewal, descent into darkness, and the triumph of light over darkness or good over evil. Wow. So there's like all these stories from that date back before Christ that all have similar storylines. Mm -hmm. They all tie into each other. Yeah, and you know what? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. It just, it just, I feel like, and you know, I love my Greek mythology and my pagan religions. I love learning about them, mm -hmm. but it makes me appreciate religion a little bit more now, knowing that they are basing a lot of their, their practices on ancient religions. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to start my research off with a goddess called um, Oystra, and probably mm -hmm. between her name, a Teutonic goddess, of, and she represents spring and fertility. Mm -hmm. Although Easter is considered a Christian holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, it has its pagan roots. Which means it's, it basically started out as a pagan holiday and somewhere down the line it was reversed, or not reversed, it was turned into a Christian holiday. Um, and the name Easter itself is derived from the goddess. Yes. Yeah. Um, people used to hold feasts in honor, in her honor during the period of Astro Mona, Mona. I'm so butchering her name. An ancient <laughs> celebration held during the month of April. So you see, all these holidays, they all mm -hmm. tie together. While it's difficult to track the first Easter bunny sighting, Many believe the legend immigrated to the United States in the 18th century when Protestant Germans brought the culture with them. Their children were told stories of Osterhash, which is a mm -hmm. complete German name, a giant hare that looked down over children determining if they were good or bad. If they were good, the hare left them gifts of colored eggs in their bonnets. Children often left carrots hidden in the grass to lure the hare to the yard, which could lend itself to the current practice of hiding colored eggs in the grass today. Um, mm -hmm. Like the Easter egg hunt. Uh, the 
The egg itself is an interest, interesting addition to the holiday. Eggs have long been symbolized with, again, new life, so it makes sense that they mm-hmm. might be and notable. fertility. Yeah, that they may be notable in the spring. So yeah. And the egg also dates back to ancient Egyptian and Persian cultures. Yep. Also. Yeah. Um, the they golden also, egg. Yeah, they also have the custom of coloring and eating the eggs during their springtime festivals. See, that's so interesting. Um, Egyptians believe that the eggs symbolize the sun, and the Babylonians believe that the egg represents the hatching of. Venus Ishtar, who fell from heaven mm-hmm. to the Euphrates. So interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, the practice became popular of like coloring the eggs in the 13th century as a celebration for the ending of Lent. Mm. Uh, a 40-day period. Uh, fasting to honor the period of time when Jesus was fasting in the desert. See, like what you were saying is they basically knocked off the real stories <laughs> from back in the day. Yeah. Um, they borrowed. <laughs> right. When Lent was over, the eggs were decorated and then eaten on Easter Sunday. The rest of the holiday can be attributed to the overly commercial nature and then another fun fact mardi gras also associated with easter so it was girls flashing their chests a part of ancient culture for beats <laughs> i guess so <laughs> <laughs> um even just kidding <laughs> even though its origins are pagan in nature celebrating spring infertility is it has been Christian roots as well. People would binge on food and drink in preparation for several weeks of fasting between Lent and Easter. My God. <laughs> the French labeled the day before Ash Wednesday as Fat Tuesday due to the practice. Wow. Fat Tuesday. I never knew why that was a, a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... That is all for the history of, well, the the more current history of the Christian side of of Easter. You went to yeah. like the ancient, like the <laughs> the original meaning of of Easter. You know, I like to find find the originals. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next, I'm going to talk about the Easter massacre, which took place a few decades ago. Easter Sunday Massacre. This was a sad story. Back in 1975, a man by the name of James Urban Herbert murdered 11 family members in Ohio in his in his mother's house. Man. It's kind of a sad story because his family wasn't really nice to him growing up. Once again, Guys, you have to be nice to people, especially when they're younger, grown up, they're so sensitive, you know, and impressionable. By the time they get older, their self-esteem is shot, and and then they snap on people. Yeah. So that's basically what happened. 
On Easter Sunday, Leonard and his wife, which is his brother, brought over their eight children, mm-hmm. ranging in age from four to 17, to see their grandmother at the house on Manor Avenue, which is his, his mother's house. James stayed upstairs, sleeping off his night of drinking while the children enjoyed an Easter egg hunt in the front yard. Afterwards, they came inside. His brother's wife and the brother finished lunch preparations. The children played in the living room. Around 4 p.m., James woke up, loaded his 357 Magnum and two 22 caliber handguns and a rifle. He entered the kitchen where he shot and killed Leonard, Elma, and Charity, which is, I think, his mom, wife, and then brother, his nephew, and his nieces were also in the kitchen. James then rushed into the living room where he killed his other niece, Anne, and his four remaining nephews. Oh my um, God. Yeah, the massacre took less than five minutes to complete. James sat in the house for three hours before he called the police. When they arrived, he was waiting for them just inside the front door. The police described the scene as a slaughterhouse. There was so much blood splashed about that it was dripping through the floorboards in the basement, which is gross. To this day, stains can still be seen on the wood. The murder shocked the small community and made headlines across the country. Those who knew James never believed that he was capable of such violence. He was a quiet, unassuming man and the perfect neighbor mm-hmm. james was of course they always are yeah james was arrested and charged with 11 counts of aggravated homicide he refused to answer any questions and was very uncooperative prosecutors believed that he planned to plead insanity and then after being cured would be released to inherit three hundred thousand dollars in inheritance money wow (laughs) the original trial was held in hamilton a three-judge panel found james guilty of 11 counts of murder and sentenced him to life in prison yeah so he till today james rupert remains incarcerated and in allen oakwood correctional institute in ohio he was granted his first parole boarding hearing in 1995 but his release was denied thank god as wow. was his latest attempt at parole in two, in april 2015. there's a very good chance that he will die behind bars damn yeah in the wake of the murder of the murders the 11 victims were buried in arlington memorial gardens in um, Cincinnati. A year later, the house on Manor Avenue was open to the public and all of the contents were sold at auction. Who would buy anything from that house? You know, there's some sickos out there that love that shit. Yeah. It they was, collect all of that crap. That is, that shit's so disturbing. It was cleaned up, carpets were placed over the bloodstains that could be that could not be removed and it was rented out to a family that was new to the area and had no idea of the horrifying events that occurred there. (laughs) They moved out quickly 
after oh. leaving the house, claimed to hear voices and strange noises that they couldn't explain. But they didn't know what happened in the no, house? No, I don't think back then it was against the law for realtors to oh, not disclose that. I was going to say, it's a, it's a law that they're supposed to tell. Yeah, I don't know when that law was made, but I'm pretty sure back then it wasn't. Uh, and, so maybe, yeah. And they were new to the Maybe town. Maybe this uh, triggered that law. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I would be mad as hell. They moved out quickly. Um, they... They, they witnessed noises that they couldn't explain. Lights turned on and off, door slammed, thumping footsteps were often heard coming down the stairs. They were not the last to move in and quickly leave. A number of other families moved in and out the house and none stayed for long. All of them reported the, the sounds and voices that could not be explained. The house was abandoned for several years, but the last family that moved in reported nothing out of the ordinary, which is kind of crazy. Whatever eerie haunting that had plagued the previous tenants was over at last. Perhaps the echo of the shocking events of 1975 would seem to leave an inedible mark on the house had finally faded away. And perhaps after 40 years, the spirits of, Rupert, of the Rupert family can finally leave rest in peace. That's so sad. They probably just, you know, crossed over. Do you think that, so this happened on Easter Sunday? Easter Sunday, 1975. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, really tragic. Like 11 family members. <laughs> In less than five minutes, you you end their life less than five minutes. Yeah, it's amazing how much damage can be done in a very short period amount of time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like holidays um, create this platform where people feel like they could really hurt other people. Yeah, right? Like, it's like a dark cloud over over Um, holidays well just like we were talking before look at this year Mm -hmm. the week of easter yeah all the crazy things that have happened the fire of notre dame which they did not um conclude exactly what happened with the fire like they're, they're they keep posting random posts about it no no reason why or like what is exactly happened and then everything that happened in Sri Lanka is just like and then the same day as the Notre Dame fire um right here in New York police caught a guy trying to set the St. Patrick's Cathedral on fire oh my god um and then in Louisiana a few weeks earlier um, arsonists set fire to three uh, historically black churches. Um, yep. Um, like, it's crazy. It all happens, like, all at once mm-hmm. in the same week. This is, like, probably the most holiest mm-hmm. time for religious people. So, I feel like, um, extremists use it to hurt cultures yep 
Um, they murdered a 29-year-old journalist in Ireland, in Derry, during a police raid. Um, and then, yes, like you said, in Sri Lanka, the bombings. And then what what happened just the other day, a shooting at, the, at a temple. A, a few um, Jewish people were shot and killed in their temple. Was it yesterday or today? Um, an eight-year-old or a six, an eight-year-old was killed. Um, an eight-year-old was wounded. So was the rabbi. Um, an older woman was also killed trying to shield the rabbi from being killed. It was horrible. Just so much evil in the world. It's even more. I'm sure that happened during that week. I yeah, can't that really they remember. that. There's only so much news we could follow yeah, up on. Like, honestly, I don't look at the news on TV, but it hits social media so quick that visually you see all these videos and like things that's going on. Because the news really depresses me. And I just feel like they heighten everything to make it even more mm. gruesome and to, to just make you really depressed about what's going on. Well, um, they, a lot of news um so you have to be careful with what you you allow yourself to entertain yeah they try to scare you yeah that's what it it's all scare tactics yeah exactly but um yeah they but like we said at the beginning of the episode there's no reason to create this this environment of hate and fear and if everybody just realized that we all started from the same place exactly coming from the same idealism and worshiping basically the same beliefs exactly everybody everybody would just get along (laughs) it's so easy like just just love each other and that's by nature it's easy for us to love as humans as as easy as it is to be evil it's easy to to be able to love and nurture and and, and just, support each other. Yeah. Before we end this episode, I'm going to end it with something on a lighter note. I also would like to wish Happy Beltana to all my witches out there. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite ones because it's all about sex. Ooh. So everyone should have sex on May 1st <laughs> and, and eat a lot of food. <laughs> so you go, India. <laughs> wow, it just... It's a full circle how everything ties in together, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, have sex like bunny rabbit. Word. <laughs> Speaking of rabbits, um, linking to purity and virginity, Hugh Hefner appreciated uh, rabbits and how they, you know, got down in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And his infamous... Playboy logo is a representation of bunny rabbits and you know their whole little uh, little sex life. Hefner claims that he chose a rabbit as a logo for his empire because the bunny is quote a fresh animal, shy, vivacious, jumpy, and sexy. I just think that is so cool. <laughs> it is cool. There's a reason why I have a rabbit tattoo on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> First it smells you, then it escapes, then it comes back, and you feel like caressing it and playing with it. A girl resembles a bunny, 
<laughs> oh lord, that man. Yeah. Um, Hefner striking sexism aside's rabbit's reputation for uh, fluidity also has also meant that they've been used as a symbol of fertility for centuries and have become associated with spring. So it just all ties in. I just wanted to end the episode on something less less tragic compared hmm. to what we've learned about Easter. Not all of it was tragic, but it's kind of a, a mind opener to uh, basically bring awareness to the holiday and to let people know that yes, in current times, most or the majority of people know it as a Christian holiday, but in fact, it's not. It dates back from centuries and centuries and centuries before, even probably before Egypt, you know? And yeah. it's basically a pagan holiday. And just to bring awareness to that, because I've only known it as a Christian holiday. Yeah, I had no idea the how it was tied into all these ancient religions. Exactly. Um, and it's funny, I watch a show called American Gods. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, all you were these, telling me about Yeah, that. all these gods are coming up, and I'm just like, I know this. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, Ishtar, like, all these things. I'm like, now I know what all of this is coming from. The, the, the show makes sense to me now. <laughs> yeah, it all ties in, and and I just wanted to bring this episode to the audience to let them know, like, maybe we should think about, you know, different holidays and why they exist. You know, you don't really have time. It's just, oh, uh, here's Easter, here's Christmas, and, and you just celebrate them. But do you really know the origins of them and, and what brought them about? I feel like every holiday uh, revolves around a season ending. Yep. Or beginning and that's basically what it is and every holiday we'll obviously do an episode about the holiday but we like to gather as much facts as we can just to bring awareness to people no matter what religion you are that we just you know want people to be aware of it and to respect everyone's religions without you know bashing anyone but also for you to think about it so you could see like most religions are high into each other some way shape or form at the end of the day when you die we'll all find out yep, how deep we'll the rabbit out. hole goes but until then <laughs> we have this podcast and we're just going to support together and figure this shit out together while we're still here living so that's it for this episode guys have a good night And we'll see you next time, creepsters. Stay creepy. Yes, stay creepy. Please send all listener stories to info at bdumpodcast.com.